To the Self Esteem Party Podcast. I'm your host, Alana Johnston. And with me, as always, rubbing his tired little eyes, <laughs> is producer slash husband slash roommate, Norm Sousa. Norm, how you doing with those tired little eyes? Listeners did not need to know I was rubbing my eyes. <laughs> your tiny little eyes. Wait, no, your eyes are eyes. great. Great size, great strength. Great strength? <laughs> what are you, Donald Trump? Great strength to your eyes. Very powerful eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Norm, how are you? I'm uh, doing just okay. Just okay, yeah. A lot yeah. of frustrations the past week. I don't know what it is. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to put my finger on it. It seems like this is like the out of the pandemic, even though it's not really, but like it seems like the the moving on process has put people in a very weird spot. And people a bit of a are, panic. Yeah. You know. I don't know what it is, but, uh, you know, just a lot of, like, a lot of, I don't know. I I have a couple of coworkers who are, are like, very frustrated. People are acting insane. People are being unhinged. Like, I think it's only now starting to fester and come out, like, about how people either um, forgot their social cues. Mm -hmm. Reading a room. uh, Have nothing to say. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a b- Here's the thing. I'm guilty of that, but at least I'm hilarious. Unbelievable. <laughs> Hold on. I have to touch my little eye. You guys got to see this rub. <laughs> so it's been, yeah. uh, I think... COVID haze. Yeah. And I think i just been having a, a rough go. I haven't done anything that I've really been super excited or proud yes that you have you've been hard on yourself but it's justified because you can feel however you want to feel about what you're up to and what you're doing and your work and everything like that Mm -hmm. um you know sometimes in work and in life the odds are stacked against us correct of things we can and can't control yes and i think you've done a great job managing what you can control on your end. Mm-hmm. And I think you've been a little screwed on other ends where you have no control and you're at the mercy of other people and it can really affect the outcome. I think it's been funny because some of it feels like I'm going insane and <laughs> and I'm totally out of line. But, yeah, yeah. You, but I think you've been witness to one side of some of these phone calls. Oh, yeah. And you, I, I think, agree that these conversations are unhinged. Some of them I'm just like, I, I, I'm what left baffled. Yeah, I don't understand half the time. And I'm not, and I've had this with a couple of pals too, where I'm like, what are you talking it's about? Happening, what are we doing here? And I'm getting, it's happening, it seems, every other day. <laughs> where someone, Which is a high rate. Someone calls <laughs> not me good. with something so fucking stupid and baffling <laughs> that I'm like, are you on fucking drugs? Like, wake the fuck up. Okay, Sorry so for swearing so much. How does it, we love a little piss head swear. Um, piss head? <laughs> So, my piss head with my tiny eyes. All this stuff is happening to frustrate you, right. to like affect your mood and everything. But how are you feeling about you? Like, are you feeling you're being too hard on yourself? Do you feel like your self-esteem's gone down a couple notches? Or are you powering through? Like, what? how much are you associating I think for with the most part, other? I've been trying to power through. Yes. 
Because um, it's, it's separating church and state. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I have to do more of that. I have to stop uh, relaying conversa- work conversations around the house because it's not helping either of us, I don't think. Well, I got nothing popping. Right. right. <laughs> you know me, I love getting involved. Yeah. I'm going to get on some of those calls too. I can't wait till people from work start texting me, hey, nice tiny eyes. <laughs> okay. No, um, but <laughs> this yeah. This is good material. I'm trying, to, um, I'm trying to act as normal as possible. I think I, I mentioned this to you earlier. I think I have more of a shrug my shoulders, don't give a F attitude. Why am I saying get an F? I just Piss. swore a bunch. Um, as opposed to the doom and gloom, helpless kind of mm-hmm. route, which I think is another option you can take. I had a hint of that this morning, and then I snapped myself. Doom and gloom? Yeah, and then I snapped myself right out of it, going, mm-hmm. it, I mean, this was at like, I woke up at six, this was at like seven, so this is very early in the morning to have a doom and gloom. Yeah. And I was like, I was like thinking about work, and I was like, wait, why am I even doing this thing of this project I'm working on? I was like, why am I even doing this? And then I was like, because you thought of it. Mm-hmm. So just do it. You thought right. of it. It sounded fun. Why not? And you know what I mean? But I was like having such a moment of like doubt about a project that I'm still waiting to see how it pans out. But I'm like, I already told myself it was useless. Yeah, and I think like you just know? The, the common denominator in that is that when you're trying to do anything creative, you're putting it's you immediately become vulnerable, right? Yes. You're putting yourself out there to be criticized. And if it's a project that you're doing that is a passion project, you know, you there's some sense of, well, I'm doing this for me. So if it doesn't really go, then then it's like, well, I, I tried something different. Exactly. I think for sometimes the situation that I'm in it's I'm getting criticized at every step of the way mm-hmm. because I have to, I'm not only getting criticized on the writing, I'm getting criticized on the execution and the, like, you know, the, the direction, the casting and yeah, all I, that stuff. I think it feels like criticism. I think it's more just too many cooks. That's right. Yeah. Cause it's like, right. nobody's saying you're not good, but it's just no. too many cooks. And when there's too many people involved, sometimes it makes you feel like people don't have faith in you. And that's frustrating. Yeah, and there's just been nothing real. I mean, I think there's been some things that have been fine. Um, But they're just, I haven't just done anything yet that I am actually like, this is great. Yeah, and Uh, that's that's okay. And it'll come. Yeah, It happened last year and all this stuff. And uh, Unfortunately, I'm at a place where I think everything I'm doing is great. And why are more people paying attention? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's another thing, too. I feel like uh, the paying attention thing is another post- uh, new world we live in situation where it's the like, amount of effort. What is uh, the attention? What what is what are people even focusing on? I have uh, no idea. No clue. There's a there's a disconnect happening. I'm sure people are asking me about that or like asking that about myself as well because I, yeah. I I don't. There are some things where I'm like, this used to be so easy for me, and now right. I'm like, oh my god, like to stare at I could stare at a screen blankly for so long and before mm-hmm. I would either be able to do something or just shut it and go do something else and now I'm like stuck in limbo well, that might be a process thing for you 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 might just need to work on a deadline and on that note <laughs> shall we get to it <laughs> who is Speaking the guest? Of deadline oh my god he came by we had a blast Was you got to chat with him Mookie no oh last week oh last week and well I'll introduce them um we had a great time catching up. Oh, Turns is it out Charlie? He's from, no. Oh, wow. He's from Florida, which was very interesting to hear all about it. I really like, because uh, the only person I know from there is Jackie. 
Mari has kind of spent some time in Miami. Spent or? some time in Miami, but I would consider Mari more here because she never talks about the fun That's Miami true. nights. That's true. <laughs> Until she starts talking about those fun Miami nights, I'm not talking to her anymore. Wait, it's a guy from Florida? Everybody, please help this? me welcome my guest, Sean Diston. Oh, Sean Diston. Yes. Right after this prank. <laughs> it's a self-esteem party. It's a self-esteem body. Sean, welcome. Elena, I'm here. I'm in your house. <laughs> I'm here. Hello. Sean, thank you for announcing yourself in my home. Yes. <laughs> I'm here. I'm in your uh, little recording studio. It's beautiful. I feel at ease. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're in the studio. We went for blue because we mm-hmm. thought it'd be fun for self-tape, but also a calming color. Great. But bright, but calming. Bright and calming. It's both vibrant, but also could put you to sleep. Well, here's the, I, for me, I'm barely awake. Because <laughs> I see the blue behind you. I'm You're going, going, I'm, going I'm excited to talk to Sean, but at the same time, no, I'm not. <laughs> no I'd rather be it. dreaming. I'd rather do literally anything but this, and by anything I mean, false immediately. <laughs> no, I'm glad you're here. I'm excited mm, to have you, because mm. you've been... Out and about. I've been in, out and about. In this city, in other cities, I've in lived other in two major cities. Yeah. I was in Italy recently, but yeah, yeah I've, you know, I've been out and about. You've been out and about, I've but we got you now. Yeah, You're I'm ours. Here. I'm, yeah. Did you come back for the podcast? Yeah, I actually canceled a bunch of important <laughs> stuff. Oh, wow. You were like, like you gotta really be extreme. on self-esteem party. I said, all right, well. Cut that contract in half. I must go Cut home. Cut it in half. They're like, I don't have scissors. You're like, then I'll do it. Yeah. It, <laughs> the it, project is a go. <laughs> it's it's so funny, though. It's like I had been traveling a bit this mm-hmm. summer for work and just for vacation. And I'm not the type of person that likes to leave my house for long periods of time. Oh, my God. Me neither. I absolutely hate it. So wow. b- by the end of both of these little trips I went on, I was kind of ready to be home. Even though they were both incredible and fun. But... I like love being home. It just has nothing to do with it. The two are completely separate. Totally. Like I I love being home and I'm not somebody that values objects a lot, but mm-hmm. I like having my stuff in case I need something. Yeah. Do you, you know what I mean? Like totally. just in case I need something. Or being in the I'm area here. I need to be. I'll tell you to yes. to vacations, I say to vacations, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> When I broke out with my vacation, <laughs> I said, listen, it's you've been great. You. I'm just going through something. No, I just like, even though I'm like having the time of my life recently, I went to Italy this summer. I was having such a great time. But half of my brain is like, oh, wouldn't it be great to just like be in your house and you could wake up and be in your, have yes. all the things that you like in the same place. Because I don't know. you need a schedule. Yeah. And it's like, and I don't mean schedule by like wake up at seven or this, this, and this, which I do have and I love, but it's like, you need a schedule in the sense that you're like, in the morning, I go to this area of my house. And it's not even that. And then I leave and then I come home. It's not even that many things. It's just Mm -hmm. like one or two things that when I'm not able to do them, throw me off completely. Okay, well, you got to give an example now. All right. We must. So, let's see. One of those things is watching television on my couch until the point where I am like inches from sleep and then having to get up and then go into my bedroom and brush my teeth and do that little routine. Thought There's... you were going to say jerking off no. into a lamp. No, 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 <laughs> no. Sworn. I thought I saw that's not part of the out. schedule. That just happens whenever the, the lamp strikes. <laughs> me. But I, I like truly have become like 
something about falling asleep in a hotel room, like sleeping on a bed, uh, just yeah. like it just feels strange to me. I like to really d- power down on the couch and then transfer to the bed. I also don't like that my whole life is in one room without I, me choosing it. Like, I don't like that. I used to live in a studio and I made a real point to like separate zones as best as I could. Mm-hmm. But in a hotel, it just you just w- can't really do it. You can't do it. And you can try and you can pretend, but you're not going to sit at that desk and get the work done. No way. And I know you love work. I love to work. (laughs) Me, I go to Italy to work. (laughs) I want to get my laptop out. I love my laptop. But it's so funny. Wait, you know, Ellen, I think, if I remember correctly, we may have lived near each other in the past. Did you live in Little Armenia? Yes, I did. I think we lived on the same street for a little while. Dare I say this truth? We're not on it anymore, right? No, you're not on it Hobart? anymore. No, I was on Lexington, but it was right oh, there. Oh, no, I was on Lexington. Yeah, that I was, was my on, second place. I was on oh Lexington. Oh, my God, we were on the same I, street. And I think I, I lived there for a while, and I remember I would drive, and I would maybe see you on the street, and I'd be like, oh, I wonder what Atlanta's doing there. I don't, there's no way she lives on this crazy block. It was an insane block to it live on. It was. <laughs> there was so much a chaos. drug dealer dealing drugs out of a chest of drawers in the front of our apartment. I, I, I totally believe you. You know it what I mean? That was just left on the side of the street and then he started dealing drugs out of it. And smart. And, you know, if the cops come, they might search it. It's not yours. It's not mine. This is not you my know. chest of drawers. I'm I, quite simply beside it. I do not have a chest of drawers, sir. <laughs> Me? I use a bin. We lived, <laughs> yeah, we lived on that block. And we before we started recording, we were talking about just like living situations in general. Mm-hmm. And that was an apartment that really got me depressed. Okay, can we yeah, get I, into it? I think it was, see, for me, like, it all is so, uh, like, almost mechanical, like I'm a machine. Like, if I don't have enough sunlight, it's just going to happen. <gasps> oh, my God. That was with my, yeah. And, okay. I, and I had a thing where, like, my bedroom window was, like, in the garage or something of the building. And just, like, living in, like, kind of, like, darkness at, at all times, it really depressed me. That was my first studio apartment when I moved here and it had not only did it face right beside another building so there was no light but it had bars on the wall because it was on the ground floor so it really gets you it really got me and it's like listen I was a woman living alone was my mom thrilled yes yeah we love the bars the bars (laughs) the middle of the night and you hear a little when you are Mal Johnston you love the bars bars. you love the bars but when you're me first living in LA and you grew up watching 90210 and thought that was LA Mm -hmm. you're like well I don't recall moving into prison it's crazy yeah (laughs) it is crazy it's too much the two windows I had, one was in the like my bedroom that was like very dark, and then the mm-hmm. other was like the front of the living room, but was like the walkway of the building. So there were just people walking by. I and hate that. There was never really any direct sunlight, so I got very depressed living there. Okay, how long did you stay? I think I maybe stayed there for one calendar year. I think I moved as soon as my lease was up. Yeah, and then did you move to where you are now? No, I moved to a place on Carlton, which was... A different setup and a much better for like sunlight. Okay, like, good. I was on a third floor. I had a okay. balcony. So like there were things that really like I could feel just my change in location change my yes. like outlook on life in general. I mean, you kind of need that though. Like I have found I haven't lived. I'm, I mean, 
changing the game now, mm-hmm, but I found mm-hmm. I haven't lived anywhere for more than two years because, and maybe our last place just slightly over right. and I could feel it mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I, and I'm not saying I'm going to move every two years, but I, growing up, I kind of did the same thing with friends where <laughs> recycle, just, you I rinse mean, and kind repeat. Of, you're just like drawn in this direction. Then you're drawn in this direction. Yeah. And like, I've lived in different neighborhoods and stuff like that. And it's like, I'm kind of glad that I have because now I have an understanding of what a good neighborhood is. Absolutely. Like when I was on Lexington, I was like, oh my God, great. I'm close to the theater. You can walk and here. You and then I was that? like, no, you can't walk. You can't That's walk very dangerous, Atlanta. That's a big problem. Well, like you could maybe could walk during the day, but at night maybe. you can't. And that's a maybe. <laughs> big maybe. That's a big maybe. Yeah. It was like a very spooky little but I didn't squirrely know that block. Yeah. Until you get into a better neighborhood. And then you're like, oh, this is not happening. Everyone yet. else lives. <laughs> totally. I mean, I've definitely like learned... The places, I mean, like, you know, it also comes with, like, what I was able to afford at the time. Same. But, like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to not be, right now I feel like I have an apartment that, like, when the sun comes up, it comes through my window so hard that I cannot sleep. It's almost a problem. So it's your own alarm clock. It's my own alarm clock. It's, like, a problem, but I, I do appreciate it because it keeps me from, like, slipping into deep, like, yeah. seasonal depression. And here's the thing about a bad neighborhood. I can handle a bad neighborhood for a good place. Like, yeah. when I first moved into that place on Lexington. Mm-hmm. huge one bedroom I was living yeah. by myself yeah. cruising biggest place I ever had I was like it was so worth it right but one the neighborhood got way worse yeah. over time mm-hmm. like the two years that I was there it got way worse that's because of the chest of drawers yeah the chest of drawers drug dealer <laughs> was there that opened a business yeah <laughs> a full chest of drawers had its own business and then, and two, I'll say this, Norm moved in, and then all of a sudden... It wasn't as big. It was not as big and fun, <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, was like, yeah. well, this isn't working. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely, like, the second place I lived in Carlton was not a great neighborhood. Like, I feel like there was all sorts of crazy stuff happening on that block. Yeah. But I at least felt like, oh, I felt like my apartment was nice, and yeah. I was happy to wake up and be in my living room. Well, you're not shit. waking up, I mean, if all goes well in a night, you're not going to wake up on the street yeah, yeah, in yeah. front of your place, totally. where it can be a little sketchy. It's well, like, well, as I said, if all goes, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we'll yeah. See. If all goes wrong in a night, you'll wake up at yeah, home. Yeah, 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 yeah. If all goes well, you'll be in that ditch <laughs> having a blast. <laughs> but it's like, it is the kind of thing where it matters the place that you live and what you make of it. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to have a big place. Like that studio I lived in, I totally made it work. It was so cute. I made the little zones. The lighting was a problem, but I made the place cute as yeah. best as I could because my mom had always said, <laughs> this is kind of fun, but my mom had always said that like home is where you're safe mm. and home is where it matters. Like we didn't go on a lot of vacations as kids, but we had a really nice house because yeah. it was like, that's what my parents put all their money into. They ended up going into real estate. They taught us to do the same, blah, 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 blah. I blah. feel like I could do the same thing, like not be a huge vacation person, but have like a Nice house. Because that's where you are every day. Yeah. And people are like, well, the experience of a vacation, I go, yeah, until I get robbed. Yeah. (laughs) On my vacation. (laughs) Until I get lost. (laughs) Until I get too hot. I had to learn how to make a good place because when I moved from New York, I had just been living like a complete troll there. Of course. For years. And then I. It's New York. It's New York. You live like a troll. And then, like, I remember I was like in that place on Lexington and someone came to my apartment and they're like, 
you know, your apartment makes you seem like you're a serial killer. And I was like, you know, I have to change something about I gotta my stop life. killing people. You're I right. Have to. <laughs> so like now I feel like my home is very cozy and like I have the right things, but it's yeah. something you gotta learn, you know? Yeah, it's also to you collect things over time. Mm-hmm. So you can't necessarily come down on yourself. And that's something too that is like nobody teaches you how to, to collect yeah, and how to like build a collection of nice mm-hmm, art or mm-hmm. furniture that goes well together stuff or and when I moved it. when I moved from New York it was just like I'm moving with a suitcase and I'm leaving everything behind I left everything behind yeah. I moved with nothing over the years I got a lot of actually I got a lot of my furniture from Holly Prazov <laughs> and she has great taste so right she's like I'm moving why. into somewhere bigger so I need I'll take your old couch I'm moving somewhere better than you mm. so I do have these scraps and I'm like wow Pier one imports mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean but it's totally. like you gotta make it a home and it is so funny that my mom would always say that because I was not we got along great my little sister and I but I could also be a bully to her you know whatever yeah, just sibling thing it is stuff. what it is you do your best or mm-hmm. you do your worst <laughs> and that's the end of it and that's it but my mom would always be like home is a safe place and you're lowering your sister's self-esteem and she's not going to have confidence and then she's going to be in an abusive relationship well joke's on you mom <laughs> Not only is she in a great relationship and not being abused, she's in a great house and I'm in a great house and you couldn't fucking stop it. So how you like me now? I got my abuse in there and, and, and everyone no, no, turned Everybody out. walked away with no harm done. So how you like me now, that's so Mal? Funny. Yeah, that's and, my and big it, home message. And it's like, look, moms aren't always right. That's fine. That's a fact. That's totally a fact. <laughs> a fact is that moms aren't always right. Okay, mm. what is... Mm. Okay, <laughs> I got my example ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think is one of the the most wrong situations mm. that you've seen either your mom, another mom, <laughs> be in? Because maybe somebody else's mom really fucking fucked uh, up. I think, so let me think about this. Because I do think, I've had my mom recently like call me and be like, you know, we used to get into a lot of arguments about stuff. And she said, I think you might have been right a lot of the time. <gasps> Which what? was such a crazy what? thing to say. Out of nowhere she calls? It wasn't out of nowhere. Like, there was a lot of stuff going on in her life, for okay. sure, that okay. were, like, changing. And I think she was, like, having more an epiphany in all sorts of places okay. in her life. And she was like, I think you might be right. But I, I'm trying to think of a good example. Because the things that I remember we argued about, I was 100% wrong. Yeah. So it's, like, hard to say. I mean, you know, my mom was not quite... I think, like, when my mom thinks about my career... Oh God. She she can be very wrong because she just doesn't have any you real don't, idea. Don't get it. You just, know? My, my mom's watching The Mentalist being like, now you should be on this show. And I'm like, mom, yeah. first of all, that show's been off the air for yeah. quite some time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like, was my mom completely wrong to like be worried about me in New York when I was like not working and just yeah. like living like a troll? No. But I used to always be like, this is part of it. You got to like hustle to make you got to tough it out and then like things will change and then I think like when those things started to change more concretely in my mom's sort of like you know my mom works at a bank and she has access to my bank account at all times so (laughs) she can like always know how much money I have in my bank account so I truly know when my mom's feeling okay when I'm not getting calls like hey your checking account's kind of at a (laughs) interesting level Oh it's my god, of, I love your mom's spine. It's kind of crazy. It's it's um something I've lived with my entire life and I don't think people understand what it's like to have, 
your parents have 100% access to how much money you have. You know what? My parents did not have access to my account. Well, no, I used to have a joint bank account with my dad um, to transfer money from Canada to America. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. we did have a joint bank account, but we knew what money was coming in and out. That was a discussion. But I will say, wait, oh my God, I just forgot what I was about to say. Wait, joint (laughs) bank account with my dad. Mm -hmm, I used mm -hmm. to also sell, share cell phone with my dad, but that's not what I was going to say. But that... (laughs) But that's what popped into your (laughs) head. also just popped into my... But I mean, oh, yeah, my yeah. parents were teachers. Oh, and my so it's mom a similar knew every thing. teacher in town, so they knew all the they gossip and everything all the about me. And everything. They knew everything about the grades. They had all the inside scoop. That's what I was going to say. I mean, the inside scoop, it can be... But see, when you graduated, it was over. Oh, game <laughs> over. I moved I, as I fast moved, as I could. I moved, I moved to New York and like... To the point where I got us another checking account with Chase just because I didn't want my mom to know about all the money I had. <laughs> like, oh my I God, just, secret bank account. I had account. got a secret bank account because I was like, I, I did struggle in New York for a long time. Sure. And having my mom always be like, well, you have $50 left. And I'd be like, I know I have $50 left. <laughs> I am aware. <laughs> Trust me, I'm deadly aware. <laughs> but like, it, it, it was a thing where I needed to separate like having my mom know and like I have a business account now and then I thought oh yeah my mom can't see my business account of course she can she can access every <laughs> single bank account I'm obsessed with it's your mom really, she doesn't I'll say since like living in LA for a while and I've been able to work she's less worried about me financially which I'm like I, I, that's yeah. one of those things where I ended up being right yeah. you know like I was right to like abandon my career and uh, after college and try to do comedy but it's something that took like 10 years to be right about okay wait what were you doing before comedy I so I it was all I mean right after college I moved to New York like almost a year after college I moved to New York and started doing comedy but I did work all throughout high school and I did go to college to be a building construction like project manager. Really? Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. That's like what my, a specific job. It's too. my dad's profession. So like, oh. I was able when my dad was working as a contractor. I would like when I was sixteen, I started working with him on job sites and stuff. Oh wow! And so I was like, okay, this is my dad seems to be making a decent amount of money. So let me go to college for this. Went to college for it for five years. And when I graduated, I like did my first like two interviews at like a construction management place, and I was like, "Well, I can't do this. This is I'm gonna I have to abandon ship." Were your parents so mad at you? My mom, like, I wouldn't say they were mad. Okay. To their credit, okay. they were very supportive because I like graduated college. Yeah, and that that degree can serve you. That in already a was enough. Like, ways. if I hadn't had a college degree, it might have been a different situation. Yeah, because I didn't get when I dropped out, and that was a problem. Yeah, if I had dropped out of college <laughs> to go do comedy in New York, it would have been a whole yeah, other ordeal. I moved to Chicago from Canada. It was a big problem. I, but like you know, when I moved to New York, I was yeah. able to get a job as like a like office worker in a construction company. So like, oh I, great, it did help. It did. But I, I they were definitely like confused <laughs> like they had no idea that i wanted to do anything like now, that. now wait were you funny yeah like, no, were, like did funny. they know you as being someone that was funny so- i was funny and it's funny because i think i wanted to go to new york to do improv but i told my parents i wanted to go to new york to be a comedy writer just because that seemed more like normal you know <laughs> and and then i went to new york and didn't do any comedy writing for like nine years i just did improv and 
I don't know. Like they were both disappointed, a little sad, but also kind of supportive. Like they they weren't crazy about it. Like, but it happened. And you know, were, you know. I what a great way to describe it. I kind of feel like my parents were similar. Yeah. Like, if I needed help, they would help me out. Yeah. They never like were like good luck. Yeah. There was never a cutting me off. There or was anything. never a cutting me off. So that was a way of showing support. Or if I did book something, they'd be excited for yes. me. But it was the worry that created guilt mm-hmm. in me for pursuing my thing. Like, oh my God, now I'm making my parents worry. And then it would be like, they don't believe in me. Otherwise they wouldn't worry. But yeah. then you realize, I'm not even a parent, but you, you know, TV teaches you, the parents are going to worry no matter what. Yeah. It, totally. As it turns out, and they always, always are worry. worry. And on top of that, I'm an only child. Oh, so oh, like, so you get all of it. So I get all of it. So in a way, there was no way they were cutting me off. They could never watch me like starve or something. Oh my god! Of course, you're all they've got. But, th- but at the same time, they're like, "Oh, our only child is in New York, like going to improv shows every night. Like, what? If, what's is this okay? You know?" So <laughs> have we failed? <laughs> it ended up being fine, and you know, I, they're proud now that I'm like working in LA and found a way to make money. But you know, there was a world where I wasn't successful, mm-hmm. but um. I I guess my parents thought I was funny and I did do a little bit of like writing in high school that they mm-hmm. thought was like I wrote for the school newspaper. So they were like, well, we always knew you were going to be a writer. I'm like, OK, maybe. You oh, did. see, that was smart then for you to say that. Yeah, well, they, they say that the time. they can say that retroactively. Like, you know, we were worried, but we always knew you were going to be a writer. <laughs> You're like, OK. But, um, you know, it, it was um, they were supportive and. I think it like helped me have the confidence in New York to be like, all right, I'm jumping off this diving board, but I can at least, if anything, I could move back home and work for my dad's company. You know, or something. I always felt that way. I go, I, home is always going to be there yeah. and I can go and they'll happily take me back. And not everybody has that luxury. I yeah. understand. That. It's absolutely a privilege. It and, is. And even having it, I definitely should have gone home multiple times when I was incredibly <laughs> broke. Sean, but I then... brought you on the podcast to ask you to leave LA, actually. <laughs> Your mom is here. She's, well, she's walking in. She has my bank account printed out. <laughs> she has all the statements <laughs> printed. But like, I, I definitely should have gone home multiple times, yeah. but I didn't. And partly because I probably thought, you know, the worst that could happen is I get evicted from my apartment or something. And then I'm... And then you really... Then I'm fucking going home no matter what. But, you know, it was I was able to... I don't know. I'm an only child. And I think that helps me have sort of an insane belief that I will be successful no matter what. So here's what I want to know. Because we were Mm. talking about the safety of home and it kind of being a sanctuary. Did you find... You were one way at home and one way in public. Or or do you even find that now? I think, I mean, definitely because I'm like an only child sort of cancer nesting person. Like I do feel like when I'm alone, I have a different speed okay. than when I'm with other people. And when I'm at home, no, you know, I kind of think like when I was living at home, I don't know, I just was always very confident in myself. Mm-hmm. Like maybe because I thought I was funny in like middle school and that always like helped me. I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like at home and out like, you know, in New York, there was a confidence level that was instilled in me that maybe is bad, but like, I don't think so. I I was, you're young too. And when we're starting out, we all think we're the shit. I was so young. I was from Miami, which already had its own weird, like 
machismo thing behind it. And I just was so confident, maybe overly confident, that like I never thought I was going to fail. Yeah. Which as, you know, it's one of those things where you hear people talk about like the secret, you know, if you put it out there that you're not going to fail, you won't fail, which I'm like, all right, whatever. But (laughs) all right, whatever. it's like hard to, it's, it's hard for me to argue with it because I'm like, I guess that's kind of what I've done. Like I've just felt confident from the jump as far as like moving to New York and having nothing, but being like, I'm going to make something of this no matter what. Oh my God. I was popping off with confidence in my twenties. Watch yourself. It's crazy. Couldn't phase me. Yeah. Not even close. And it's funny because I don't think it's that, like I do think there's another side of it where you're like people who are like so funny and talented and great, but like don't believe in themselves at all. Yeah. And like a lot, they end up being successful too. Like there's a way to turn that all around into like, some sort of alchemy where you do end up successful. But like my path has always just been like, even if you don't know what the fuck's going on, you're going to be super confident and it, things will work out for yeah. you. And I guess, you know, I moved there in my twenties. Like he's, like you said, like early twenties moving to New York. I was like, nothing could stop me. You know, I always was a lot more confident outside of the house than inside of the house, mm. because I think inside the house, I felt, and I, I did have siblings, there's four of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it felt like a lot of comparison between the four of us, you know what totally, I mean? And that totally, can, That can really mess with you. I think a lot of people carry that with them. Absolutely. Yeah, it can definitely mess with you. But I think in the house, because I felt like a little out of place or like guilty or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't have as much confidence. But then when I would leave, I was like, oh my God, this is so easy. Look at me go. It's so <laughs> like, funny. You know what I mean? I think siblings must be a part of it because as an only child, and also I had young parents, like oh, my parents okay. were- okay, that might matter too. Yeah, my parents were born in like 61 and 62. Okay. So they were like- So they partied. Yeah, they partied, you know? And like I, at times, and my parents were also from Jamaica, so they were like- they were experiencing parts of America this at the same time I was. Oh wow! And I, wow. there were times when I felt like I was the adult. Yeah. In situations, so I, and you know, I'd get into arguments with my parents where like I feel like no, you shouldn't be talking to your parents in that. Like this is a peer type argument you're having. Yeah. And I think because of that, I just like had like a an ego in my own not an ego, but like I was confident in my own home. In that there weren't other siblings to compare me to. Yeah. And my parents, I felt like I could go toe-to-toe with my parents in any sort of... Well, you were probably treated with more respect. Yeah, maybe. maybe. When you have four kids, it's hard to respect all four of them. Yeah, because at a certain point, you got to get some fucking sleep. Well, and we have... You know, first of all, take a lay down. Right out of the gate. Can I stretch my legs? Okay? (laughs) And second of all, it was hard too because it was my brother and then like the three girls. So it was like because... There was like three of us. It was much more to compare to being Mm -hmm. like, well, your sister never did this or like her PMS isn't this bad. Mm -hmm. And you're like, cool, let's compare PMS. And it's it's probably happening for all three of you because like you're going to another sister like, well, Atlanta has this figured out. Oh my God, a hundred percent it's happening. And then my poor brother is Mm. like, you know, the guinea pig because he's the oldest. So it's like, they love him. Of course, he's the best. But at the same time, they're like, they really had to figure a lot of stuff out on him. So he got got a lot of the brunt of it. Like, basically, my mom said, she would walk by and me and my sisters would be sitting TV, perfect, sitting, watching TV, sorry, perfectly quiet, Mm -hmm. enjoying ourselves. And then she'd see my brother go past her and then she'd keep walking. And then one second later, she'd hear, Jason! (laughs) (laughs) 
like, come fuck something up instantly. So he was the one where they were like, we have to figure out how to tame these children. We have yeah. to tame Jason. Yeah, we have to tame Jason, yeah. and the rest will fall in line. But that didn't happen. No, never does. No, and it, it never, never will, does. for God's sakes. And that's why I brought my mom here today as well. <laughs> no, I to talk to Everybody's mom. mom is here. <laughs> I thought, you know, our moms have been at it mm-hmm. for years. <laughs> Can they we squash been, Mom's been momming. <laughs> the moms are momming out. <laughs> So you went, you were mm-hmm. from uh, Florida. Is your family still in Florida? My parents are still in Miami, yeah. What's yeah. that What's that like when it's you go pretty, back in? I don't, you know, I don't it. go home that often because I hate Florida at this okay. point. I like. Yeah, see, that's what I was wondering. I really hated growing up there. And like when yeah. I went to New York, you're it so was. you're so cool. <laughs> you know, it was a weird thing because I, I felt cool. Like I was, yeah. you know, I, I lived there and I had a lot of friends there and stuff. But there was sort of a breaking point somewhere like after college when or during college when I was going to school at the University of Florida. I was in Gainesville, which I was in like central Florida, which is its own other crazy thing. Okay. But there was a point where I was like, mm, you know, something about this Miami lifestyle seems a little unhinged to me. Yeah. And when I moved to New York, I really was like, oh, everyone's a lot more chill. And that's funny to say, like, I moved to Alphabet City in New York, and I was like, it's so much more chill here. Yeah, I was about to say. And it's not really, but I don't know. I I don't love Miami that much, but my parents are doing fine there. I went back in May for my mom's birthday and had a good time, but tough, tough place to grow up, I will say. Um, I can only imagine. I, mm-hmm. I grew up in a small town outside of Toronto, so... That had its own challenges. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Obviously. I can't complain. Couldn't wait to get out. Yeah, I can't complain because at least in Miami, I had access to a lot of like big city things. Like, you know, the right. things that you're like, you hear people from small towns. It's like, you could do this at this time in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I, we did have that. But definitely some trials and tribulations in Well, it's like at least I was from Canada. Yeah. At least (laughs) least you could say you're from Canada. It's great. At least like even in my small town problems as there may be, it's like, yeah, but overall I had free (laughs) I was in Canada. (laughs) So it's like, exactly. I can't, I can kind of relate. I can't really relate. But definitely like culture shock when I moved, I had first moved to Chicago Mm -hmm. uh, to do classes and stuff when I was like 19 and then move back home and got some jobs, paperwork, mm-hmm, come here on mm-hmm, a green card, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, big culture shock both times I came. It was definitely in Chicago because I was like, oh, it's just like Toronto, yeah, but bigger, right. right? And in a lot of ways it is, but it was like the one thing that really, and I don't I don't know how it, what you know of Chicago or how many times you've been or whatever, mm-hmm. but the big thing that really got me was the racial tension. And I was like, yes, what is this? It's really, <laughs> I like couldn't understand. I was like, this is really weird. It's so interesting. Cause when you grow up hearing about Chicago, you don't realize that like, Oh, it's an extremely, extremely segregated city. And like, I couldn't believe it. It's really interesting. Like on the subway. Yeah. Like I, I was like, what's happening right I, now? I've been to Chicago once and I didn't even, I wasn't even there long enough to really experience it. But when you hear people talk about living there, that's something that always comes up where it's like, oh, you didn't think about this. And look, it was the same in New York. Like when I moved to New York, it was like the shock of having, in Miami, it's so spread out. It's the sprawling, like suburban neighborhoods and shit. And in New York to be like, oh, I'm walking home from my job and I'm going to go through the whitest possible neighborhood in the world and then I'm going to go live in East Harlem. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, so that, that it was like culture shock, but I loved it. Like, I loved being in a, like, 
crazy play. Like it felt like different from Florida crazy where I was like, Florida crazy is a little unhinged. I can't handle it. Yeah. But New York crazy was like fun and exciting for me. Yeah. It was when I moved to LA, like Chicago was a blast because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a party town. Yeah. So it was like, we had fun in that way. But then when I moved to LA, I was like, okay, we got a, we got a bit more of everybody here. Okay. I see. But then there was like, of course, because we're all in the industry, the mm-hmm. entitlement. And I was yeah, like, well, yeah. this is new. Well, yeah, it is new. <laughs> because Chicago has, still has that Midwest vibe, mm-hmm, too, right? You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. But here I was like, oh, I get it. And it's like, you and I can say it for us because we were both very confident. The cockiest people of each of their towns or cities all, all moved to here. LA. They all moved so to three neighborhoods in LA. <laughs> so then that was the culture shock yeah, for me where I was yeah. like, wait, what? It's so funny, though, because I think. I don't know if this is the same for you, but I feel like because I moved from New York Mm -hmm. and a lot of the like, I would say a lot of the weirdos from every town moved to New York (laughs) instead of all the cocky people. But a lot of those New York people have now moved to LA. Like a few people moved before I was here. And so I feel like I do have a like group of friends that aren't the like moving directly to LA crowd. Like they've moved around and ended up in LA. And I don't, I don't feel like my friends are super cocky in that way, but you experience them for sure. I mean, I definitely, I got here when I was 27. Mm-hmm. I'm 38 now. So I've certainly changed yeah, over yeah, the years. Yeah. I've been humbled over mm-hmm, the years mm-hmm. and happily so. Yeah. I don't, I, I have a confidence about me now. It's just a little quieter in that I don't have to prove myself. This is much. quieter? No, 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 hold on. Wait one <laughs> second here. Just so everyone knows, Sean and I are literally jumping out of our chairs right now. <laughs> the quieter confidence because before it was it was borderline asshole yeah i was so confident a a, a little about almost to people's faces i'm better than you i think i i don't know if i was ever at that level when i lived in new york but i definitely was looking back slightly overconfident yeah and i do think the new york community i was in was one of like presenting confidence when you maybe weren't confident you know but um i do feel like Maybe I'm at, I mean, this is going to be the most humble braggy thing to say in the world, but like, I do feel like I'm maybe at the most successful point in my career Mm -hmm. and I do feel the most humble. Like I don't, I feel pretty humble in where I live, where I'm at now because I've been all, I've seen how bad it can be and I've you know, kind of gone through the trials and tribulations of like, it isn't always going to be great. So I like, while feeling successful now, I'm always like, you know, it can go away tomorrow and you'll be, you know. But see, I think that's exactly why that's not a humble brag because mm. you have just said you went through it. You didn't just fucking get a miracle yeah. job out of yeah. nowhere. And I'm not saying people, I'm not saying that can't happen. It happens all the time. I'm not saying it's not deserved. A lot of people have talent, mm. but it's like, you know, you were in the trenches there. It's yeah, like yeah, you really yeah. toughed it out and like put in the work and put in the time and bet on yourself, even though, you know, your mom from the Jason Bourne identity was on you. Didn't think <laughs> I was. Even though your mom was Tommy was Lee Jones me. from The Fugitive. <laughs> and you are Harrison Ford. I want you Ford. to check every improv house, every You're comedy house. You're both Harrison house. Ford and One Arm Guy. You're both. <laughs> I'm both of them. Because <laughs> you have that new bank account your mom's. Yeah, and, she, and she's probably can access it somehow. Somehow she'll yeah. find a way. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, I like living in LA. I feel pretty self-actualized these days. Okay, now here's a question I have. Because mm, mm, mm. you're saying these days. Yes. So 
when you first got here, what was the experience? Um, it was it was interesting. When I first got here, I was so I got very lucky in that I moved to New York with a job. Or I moved to LA with a job. Oh, I moved industry from industry job. Industry, yes. Oh, so I got my you. first writing job. Okay. When I first moved here, so I wasn't even planning on moving to LA. I had to move here for a job. So that already changes the way you everything. land in LA. Changes like everything. when I landed in LA and I had only visited once to do like a sketch show at UCB a long time ago when I landed in LA and I knew I had a job, like I was going to my first job, like on the Monday, mm-hmm. I remember feeling like, Oh, this is, the, I mean, I'm, I, this is the greatest city in the world. I love Los Angeles. Um, oh, another little fact about LA for me. And a little quirky thing about me as a child was there would be songs that would just make me start crying. And I didn't understand why. And they were always like bittersweet, weird feelings. And one of them was I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. (gasps) I used to always think like, oh, it's about a person who wants to dance with somebody. The world's about to end and all he wants to do is dance or all she wants to do is dance with someone. So like I'd create these narratives in my head about songs that make me start crying. And another one was... Randy Newman's I Love LA. Yes. It used to make me so melancholy and sad. And I used to think, this is the. Mo- I, what I used to think is, I'm going to die in Los Angeles. And when the, the movie is over about my life, the credits will roll and I Love LA will start playing. That's what I used to think as a small child. So cut to however many years later, I moved to LA and I'm getting, got a writing job or whatever. And I'm like really happy. And I remember like listening to that song and being like, it's all full circle. Like I was so, <laughs> it's all full I circle. felt incredible when I first moved here. And then I, I lived like in an Airbnb, like in the Griffith Park Hill. Like I oh, just wow. was like living the life. Yeah. Then about a year or two in, the L.A. malaise starts to settle in where I'm like, oh, wow, this living in L.A. is sort of a trip. Yeah. And I did go into a like sort of depression around when I was living in the Lexington apartment. Same. And a little <laughs> bit after when I was in, in the other apartment on Carlton where like I can't even describe what it was that was getting me so down, but like. I just got so depressed. Like I was even still working, but I just like something about the LA life was getting me depressed somehow. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know. Like I've found my way out of it. And I think part of the things that I was struggling with at the time was like, like I said, for me, depression is so mechanical. Like if I'm not moving enough, yeah, like, I, like exercise, like exercising enough, yeah. I will just start to spiral. And that was happening. Yeah. And I think like certain friend groups, like I felt like all my friend groups were fun, but like I was also really lonely. I felt very lonely. I like lived alone a lot when I was at that time. And like there was just this weird transition period where like LA really got me depressed. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of came here. I didn't come here with a job, but I had a job back home still mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and would just fly back for it. So I had money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when you have money when you first get to L.A., life's amazing. If you're broke, it's like, yeah, L.A's the worst city in yeah, the world. Exactly. It, yeah, exactly. it's hard. But then you come, you have money, a job, wherever it may be, whatever. Mm-hmm. I it, When I first got here, it was all very... Um, wow mm-hmm, to me mm-hmm. so it was really exciting sounds like you kind of had the same experience yeah, yeah and then yeah it's that year or two later that nobody tells you about when it settles and you go oh no way this is la yeah you know what i mean where yeah. you're like 
no one warned me about this quiet within the storm that would hit after I've already been here and yeah. made friends and I do shows and like I have things and I'm like, but now I feel I it. I wonder what it even is. Like maybe it's just the like, when I moved to New York, the depression would come around in the winter when sure. there was no sun. Of course. And same. like, and in LA, like I was so happy that it was warm out and it felt like Florida weather again. And I was like really happy about it. There's something about the monotony of LA as time starts to pass where you're like, Wow, it's another summer. I don't know. It's so hard to even describe what it was that was getting me down. But like... It, well, it feels like there's no change. Yes. And also, when I was in New York, I always thought, well, I'll live in New York and then one day I'll live in LA. Like, I always thought, this is temporary. Yeah. But now when you live in LA, in our industry, it kind of feels final. It does. Like, it just feels like I feel you like can't I go can't anywhere else. Yes. <laughs> and Norm and I have talked about this. Like, not... I love LA, I, but I... Sometimes you feel trapped. Yeah. Where you're like, well, fuck. All my contacts are here. All my friends are here. Everything's here. Yes, I love it. But if I stopped loving it, I have nowhere to go and yeah. nothing to turn to. Like, I, that's what it feels like. Like, I do think... Sometimes I think about the freedom of, like, if I didn't go into entertainment... And I was a construction manager. I could live in Dubai if I wanted to. Like I could live anywhere. anywhere. And do anything. So but a, it's not going to be as fun. It's not. So I feel a little trapped in LA. But I, I have now come to a place where I have figured out the things that if I don't take care of these certain things in my life, I will get into a deep LA depression. That's why you need to move. This is why I you need, need to, to move. because the thing about LA because it's always the same because there's you gotta the, it because up. the weather is heat wave versus non heat wave. Yeah. This is like our seasons, fire season. Mm-hmm, you know, very mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. depressing season. <laughs> but like fire season, fire. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Halloween season. Yeah, yeah. It lasts four to seven months every year. We love it. We here. love it. But basically, it's like having that change of scenery within your own place yes. is kind of the only thing you can control. Every time I've moved, I've been very happy for the first like few months. But I do I yeah. will say I love my apartment now and it's it served me so well during the pandemic. But you're right. right. I am at a place of like I could move come January and I'll be really happy to but, change it up. You know? So here's my challenge to you then. Mm. Will you move and paint? A wall. I think I might. You know, right? I really. If you're gonna do it, I, I do really it. wanted to do it in this apartment that I live in now, but it, it it just didn't happen. I mean, look, I did a lot of great stuff in this apartment. Yeah, but you At gotta one, do it before you move in. You that's know true. that it's you gotta too do it hard when you the furniture's in. in there. Just an accent wall at the just very least. An accent wall. Here's what you do. You put the you put the either a whole wall or at least a good size square mm-hmm. for where you're going to do your self tapes. And then you do a nice accent That's wall it. like in behind where the TV is or where the couch is in a main room so everyone else can enjoy it. Can I tell you what? I didn't paint my apartment, but okay. I'll tell you what I did do that changed, I would say changed everything. Oh, my, this I got to hear. <laughs> Over the pandemic, you know, we're all in our houses. We're all sitting there. We're thinking, how are we going to get through this pandemic? <laughs> yes. I go online. And I see an advertisement for an inflatable hot tub. Excuse? Now, this is a hot tub, like a four-person hot tub, where you there's a big motor that comes with it, and then you like hook it up, and it makes it into a hot tub. It blows like little bubbles and stuff. And I thought, is this crazy? I don't have like a backyard. I just have a balcony. I live on a hill. My balcony is like above my living room. And there's maybe just enough space to fit this hot tub on the balcony. And Alana, let me tell you. You I f- did it? I fucking did it. Oh my God, you 
I did. And it there was nothing better than like having a full day and then like going up and like getting into my hot, hot tub. Even alone when I, I when no one was in my apartment over the I pandemic. I am in awe of it, this changed everything outrageous what a luxury we want to get a hot tub Mm -hmm. but it's like you know even i I didn't even think of an inflatable hot tub but it's like we want to get a hot tub but it's it seems like such a to-do i'm not even wrapping my head around it you want to get a hot tub i just want a hot you want a hot tub but then you know you get into the like heat wave of the summer where you're like what am i gonna do sitting i stopped looking let me tell you something i'll tell you that much this i'll send you what i got when i get home because i wish more people knew about this thing it is so incredible. Like, you think inflatable, you're like, oh, it's this cheap piece of shit. No, 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 no. This is in- an incredible value. Do you fall back like, whoa, from the, like, you know. Do I fall back? No, I sit in it. No, I sit I my mean, little butt on the ground. No. Do I fall back like sitting like, against the side? Like it deflates type of thing. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, I can sit on the edge of it. It's, it's like wow. camping level. Like, I think this is for people who like drive up to Big Bear or something and like hook it up. If you have a hose hookup in the in your backyard and enough space for an inflatable hot tub, it's the the only catch. Okay. The only catch is it takes a long time to get to temperature. So let's say you want to like use the hot tub tonight. Okay. So say I want to use it at I have friends coming over at nine o'clock we want to nine o'clock you want to use it? I would say nine o'clock the night before crank that thing on okay but what are we talking electric bill here it didn't I, you know i don't think it screwed my i have solar panels on my apartment which my landlord oh, has hooked up and like makes my electricity pretty cheap so i i, I bet it's a lot but it, it's it, if you have a hot tub it's gonna be comparable to having a hot tub no yeah. matter what wow and i'm so impressed it really it's it's not on my balcony anymore i took it down it's in my garage Okay. But like when I move to another apartment, this thing's getting cracked out. So, I mean, I can't fucking wait to get it out there. I'm dying to get a hot tub. I, I or getting even, in some water because I don't like my bath, mm-hmm, so I don't want to mm-hmm. be. I don't want to take a same. Bath, I have I, a bath, and I, I don't like, want no, anything no, 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 to do no, no, with no. it. Everyone's like, just take a bath. I'm like, no, I don't want a bath. No, no, I don't trust those jets. I want jets the hot tub. I want the chemicals. Mm-hmm. I want everything to be clean. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I don't want the bath. It's very true. Now, do you clean the hot tub? Yes. And it's not that hard. It's not that hard. You just put like a little... This was the last thing I thought you were going to say. Because earlier, (laughs) this was the last thing. Because you mentioned your wall's not painted, but you hung stuff on it. Oh, no, no, no. You come into my apartment now and you think, this guy always had his walls taken care of. Like, I've got stuff all over (laughs) my apartment. This guy's had his walls up and running forever. (laughs) I've got stuff. I've got art all over the walls. But... Will you expect a balcony hot tub? No, well, but it's, it's there. Probably illegal. Yeah, I would definitely wouldn't expect it. It's well, it's not a balcony that has nothing under it. it it's like more of a like you know my apartment kind of like Legos out, and then there's like a balcony on top of like my living room essentially. So it's not oh, like a balcony that's like could collapse okay. or anything. Okay, so that makes a lot more yes, sense. Because yes. I was like, wow, this is a huge no, risk. No, no, Sounds no, no, like no. it's well supported. Definitely so well supported. Look, was I worried about maybe water leaking into my living room? Possibly. But that never happened. Because life is good life sometimes. Life is good sometimes. <laughs> so wait, would you say, because it sound, like, sounds like you're cruising. We've got some confidence. We're having a bit of a blast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you say the lowest time you had in your life was that? Let's call it the LA, LA realization years. Well, after that first year or two here, definitely not the lowest. Okay. Like I've had some. It was really, one of mine. Yeah, one of mine. Like top three. I would think that that it's funny because 
it was a low time, but it was also while good things were happening to me in other arenas. Oh, like so it can only be so low. So yeah, it wasn't that low. Like I do think after college, when I decided to move to New York, oh right, was a really low time. Like I had yeah. gotten arrested in college, and like it, like I was just like fucking around, and like I destroyed a model home and stole all the shit, and like <sighs> that became this thing where like oh this. I was at rock bottom at that point. Yeah. And then I like, it was part of the reason I decided like, I can't keep living in Florida. I can't keep doing no, what I was doing. You're like fresh prince. Yeah. I, I did have sort of a fresh prince. <laughs> yeah. Only I moved to live with a roommate, like an old roommate on his couch in Alphabet City. But that's how you get it done. And that's how I got it done. <laughs> I didn't have a rich uncle in Bel Air. But... We didn't have a song. No. Uh, the song song. The song was terrible. We didn't get the rights to it. So I think that was definitely a really low time. And also, also in New York, there was some time there in the middle of my like eight or nine years that was really, really low. Yeah. And that was... When you were younger though. That, I was younger. That's going to get you in So the lows, the lows really hit, like they really get low. And yeah. also like just the seasonal effect, like my initials spell the word sad. Yeah. And oh, also are wow. the same initial, the what's same your, thing for season name? Andrew. Oh, okay. So wow. it's like also seasonal affective disorder is something that I really get hit hard with. So in New York, it'd be like the middle of the winter. I'd be broke. I'd be like just broken up with or something. And I'm like, okay, this is the lowest I've ever felt. You Can know. Can I tell you how comforting, as upsetting as this is to say, how mm. comforting it is to hear that um, somebody else really suffered from sad in the yeah. same way that I did. Like I. I'm, I I don't like saying it because I know what you felt and it's a terrible feeling. Yeah. And then you feel crazy because no one else is feeling it or so it seems. Yeah. And then you're like, well, what is wrong with me that like the outside air and light is affecting me this it, much? It but was it was really, really bad. Does and then you move here and as much as the summer all year round can kind of make you a little loopy. I'm like the consistent overall, sun the, helps. The mood has and I can't even go in the sun that much because of my skin. Like I burn. <laughs> I so will bad. die out there. I try. I will fry. <laughs> but like, but like, even just from my window to know it's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Like when I lived in New York, I when when I was working one of those day jobs, it was one of those things where like in the winter you would get up and go to work and it would still be dark, and then I would oh work God, until. Yeah it was dark again. Yeah. Well, it gets early six. So I'd be, it would, I would get like maybe half an hour's worth of sunlight during yeah. lunch or something. And it was just like hitting rock bottom levels. I, yeah. Like I had to buy one of those like sun lamps, you, you know, did, did it work? It did, but sometimes it made me sick to my stomach. Like, I always it gave me a weird, it gave it. me a weird reaction that I was like, this feels so unnatural. It made me feel like it, like I, I've never used one, but the thought of it yeah. made it feel like a tanning bed, which I want nothing to do with. It, it would make my, I, I, I knew it was doing something cause I'd turn it on and my stomach would start to hurt immediately. And I'd be like, <laughs> I need this, but man, it's making me so uncomfortable. I'm like throwing up my reaction here about your poor stomach. I was like, your oh, my vitamin D is making me sick. I still even have it. I like, I brought it from uh, New York. Cause I was like this thing kind of, I need it. And then when I, I moved to LA, I never needed it. You only again. need like 10 minutes in the sun here. Yeah. I go for a little walk before I go like 7.30 before the path gets busy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I go for 20, 30 minutes and man, what a game yeah, changer yeah. going for a walk. And you can do that in the winter on like a nice sunny morning Yeah, when it's like freshly snowed, it's crisp, but like when you get that slush, 
Oh, oh my it god, sucks. it uh, sucks. Absolutely not. That's no. that's when I pack my bags and I move. Truly, I I was like such a not ready for winter person. I never had good winter boots or anything. <laughs> I was just fucking freezing out there. Uh, it's funny though because I'm like. There are times when going for a walk makes me feel great. Yeah. But then there have been other times, like one of my low moments in LA, I remember I was going on like four hour walks, like f- almost like. That's too much. Like 15 miles in a day. That's too much. And I was like, man, I feel great. And then looking back, I was like, no, I was just really depressed and I was like self medicating with walking yeah. around. I did that when I first moved here um, in. In lieu of having friends. It's such a weird LA thing when you're like struggling. You're like, well, you know what? Did you have a car? Because I didn't. I did, but I still was like, I'm going on 15, like crazy walks. And look, I was physically feeling better than ever. And like there were, there was happiness around it. But when I look back on the time, I'm like, oh, something was going on with you. Like you were like, I could have done just an hour. Yeah. And that would have been just (laughs) as effective. I didn't need all of it. Yeah. Isn't that funny in life when you like look back, like, okay, this is a perfect example. I have a friend and, you know, one time all of us, this was a couple years ago, we were just talking about when we fell down and depressed Mm -hmm. and whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, mine was definitely from like 24 to 27. And she turned to me and she was like, but that's when we were hanging out every day. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, because yeah, I was <laughs> available all day to just get high. Of course I was fucking yeah. depressed. And she was like, I thought we were having a great time. And I'm like, there was fun moments to it, but like, that's not a way to live. I totally. can't live like that. Totally. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's just so interesting that it's like, it took me like years to gain that perspective to be like in that moment we thought we were partying this this, and this but i'm like no that was like i think bad that was also what happened with my like florida friends that i sort of like disconnected from right was we were like hanging out so much every single day like having an incredible time yeah and then one day i just kind of flipped the switch i was like oh no we're all deeply depressed like, oh my god or you're like we're all alcoholics yeah we're like this, this is bad we can't enabling. keep doing this i think norm had the same thing after high school mm. b- before college he kind of took like a year off and i think he did like the same thing with his friends drinking in a garage type mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. having a blast and then you're like wait a second if i do this i stay like this yeah forever yeah i will stay frozen it was fun for like the one summer and then like <laughs> the second summer of college where we're doing it again i was like no hold on there's no growth here in any <laughs> now everybody just calm down for a one one yeah. second. Um, Sean, yeah. we're wrapping up here. Oh, but this has been so... F- I feel like we didn't even start. Well, I just realized, speaking of start, mm. at the beginning of the podcast, I always ask, on a scale of 1 to 10, what somebody's self-esteem is. But oh, that's I think I got really excited to talk to you. Okay, okay. <laughs> because if you then were to- I ask again at the end to see if it changed. But I guess right now, can you give me an overall? Now, I guess... What do okay, you think? so since we we're doing this a little unorthodox, what yeah. would you guess? 1 okay. to 10. Self-esteem. Right now or when you came in? When I came in. Okay. I will say it's pretty similar to right now. I would guess that you were at a 7.5 to 7.8. I would say self-esteem wise, I'm feeling around a 9. Wow! Okay, do you know why I said 7.5 to 7.8? Because when you did the doorbell and then it didn't Mm -hmm. work (laughs) or I didn't hear it and then I came and I always feel like... 
I is that some sort of negging that you're you no 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 that, not <laughs> negging at all. I, but I feel like when I have like a clunky intro to somebody's house, I'm always mm-hmm. like, I shouldn't be here. No. Like I have a moment oh, of like, no. what am I doing? I've ruined everything. No. I also think because I wow. I do so many podcasts, you're I understand. So good. That's why we what, had to get you on. But I, but it's like I understand what it means to do a podcast. Like it's like it's all kind of tricky, like doing stuff at home. And are you still feeling the same stuff. now? I feel like. It's funny because, like, when I guess when I think about self-esteem, I think, am I confident in myself? Yeah. Do I feel like could I bet on myself? And and I think I can. Like that doesn't mean I don't. Yeah, that doesn't mean that I don't feel down at times or go into like little ruts and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I have proven to myself that. I will be okay if I just keep chugging along. Okay. And I think that helps me stay at a place where I'm like, you know, feeling positive. I feel I'm, I'm in I'm like I'm in a positive relationship. I'm yeah. doing really well with my job stuff. So all the stuff that could be weighing me down, like is kind of neutral. Mm-hmm. And then it's the stuff where it's like, did you take a walk today? Where it's like, that's the only well, yeah, thing. You said movement. Totally. It's, so, it's totally. important to you. And did I take a walk today? No, but I had a little nice little drive coming over here. And, and you I'm stood fit. outside. I in stood the outside. I pet a dog. <laughs> so we got um, the dog yeah. in there and I heard her. She's up against the door scratching, right now. She's she ready. was scratching. I heard her. I'm generally feeling pretty positive these days, even with the state of things and mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. But, but the state of things doesn't have to affect your self-esteem. It doesn't necessarily. You know, it's like you can feel, you can have empathy for someone or something, but yeah. or a situation, but like still be like, yes, but I also didn't take a role in this yeah. and I'm still allowed to feel okay about me even though this other terrible thing is happening. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, I have to tell you, I'm feeling great and you actually have a part of that. You have a role in really? this. Really? Yes, okay. So I would say right now, I'm probably at an, well, when you first came, I was like at an eight, mm-hmm. I would say, which is... On the higher That's end great. for me. Yeah, definitely on the higher end for me. Here's why. Mm. Because it's, listen, you do a lot of podcasts, you know. Totally. It's hard to book people. It's hard. It's hard. It's a lot of running. It's a lot Booking of chasing. It's what It's all And how many episodes have hard. you done? Oh my God. We're like 150 so something. Episodes. So many episodes. So it's like, so this is how you come into it. So mm. I originally DM'd you asking you to do it. You were like, oh my God, awesome. Of course, I'm going out of town. Um... And we'll and I was like, great, we'll touch base. And you're mm-hmm, like, okay, mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. So, I, of course, I, I'm checking out the Instagram, seeing where everybody's at. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. so I figure out you're back in town. And then I was like, okay, and I was like, okay, I'll hit him up. I had it on my list to hit him up. And then you hit me up. Oh, I did. You didn't hit I? me up. You it, went, I'm back. It's so Would funny. love to record. And I was like, oh my god, he actually wants to do the podcast. Yeah, because you know, I I will say. I understand the plight of needing to book pods. Yeah. And I understand when you when you reach out and then like to have to reach out the second time, it already feels like, oh it man, now I'm reaching out. It takes guts to reach out the totally first time. Does. And I don't want to bug you. You're my it totally friend. Does. I it love totally seeing does. you around. The theater's reopening. I'm probably going to see you around more. Yes, and yes, it's like, yes. I don't want that lingering between us. So it's like, I'm not going to bug you about it. If somebody doesn't want to do it, I even wrote you. I said, no offense. Or mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. take no offense if you don't want to do it. That's fine. I don't care. No, it's easy. Doing a pod's like, fun. you reach out to me and I said to Norm, I was like, Sean's coming to do the podcast and he's like, oh, I love Sean. And I was like, yeah. And I went, and and he reached out to me. Norm was like, okay. <laughs> and I didn't Norm even... did not care. 
weird. That's okay. pretty weird. Let me watch cool. him when he comes in here. <laughs> yeah. But it's also funny because I reached out to do it and then you were like, oh, here's my address. And I was like, oh, it's so close to my house. Thank God. Like, it's everything about it is so easy. It's so, it's so easy. And yeah. it's like, that's why I always offer the Zoom option because mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. that, you know, for everybody's schedules and stuff like that. But it's like, I went on a stint. And sorry, I know I said we were wrapping up. No, and then, please. of course, I started 10 new subjects. <laughs> but I did go on a stint where I was like, um, I will do anybody's podcast. I like tweeted and mm-hmm. I ended up doing like an insane amount of random podcasts. Mm-hmm. But like, you know what? I'm, everyone was like, Elena, why are you doing it? And I was like, because you just, people reach out if they have the guts to reach out. I don't even know them and they're going to, and what we knew it? each other, yeah. but it's like, if they have the guts to reach out and like ask, just do the podcast. If it's not like, if it's something you support, not yeah. <laughs> not every podcast is good for everybody. Well, it's funny, like you you <laughs> meant like as a fellow podcaster. Mm-hmm. Like one time, I was doing off book the podcast oh, with yeah. Zach Reno We've and Jess McKenna, yeah. and there there we were doing it over Zoom during the pandemic, and oh, there was like God. a problem with the like there was a problem with the record. Like we were yeah. trying to figure out something, like some program to work through, and it took, I would say. 45 minutes to figure out. And I remember they were really freaking out about it. And I remember just thinking, you know, I one time recorded a podcast where we talked for an hour and then it wasn't recording and then we started over and it was fine. So I like to pay it forward as a guest to just be like, you know what? And and I remember they were really like, they were very worried about it and and I just kept being like guys it's fine I'm at my house I have so nothing gracious. else to do so no but so nice of you yeah. I'm the same I give people an out I'm like if you can't do it we can if like if I am able to reschedule mm-hmm, if I'm not mm-hmm. obviously I'm not going to give somebody totally I won't start it but like I, I just keep it loose because I'm like, let's have fun. This is a podcast where you, what, am I you gonna be came mad? on. You came on so lovely sharing your stories and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm going to sit here and like create a to-do about it. I'm like, come when you come. And look, at you're the best guest because you were like, oh, I can come earlier. And I was like, way to make Love my that. day and absolutely I- insanely <laughs> easy. <laughs> and I'll also say, part of how could I not reach out? Because I have seen your show, The Self-Esteem Party, twice yes and i every time i see the show i have such a great time and i do go home singing put attention on me (laughs) so how could i not be a part of the canon because you wanted the attention i need the attention put it on me and on that note sean what a Mm. treat thank you so much for coming on is there anything you want to plug or anything we should look out Um, for if you like podcasts you may have seen i do a podcast with scott ackerman called scott hasn't seen it's on cbbworld.com a bunch of other podcasts on there it's kind of like a patreon so if you're interested in more funny podcasts they're there but other than that i'm I live in Los Angeles. Say hi to me if you see me on the street. Okay, guys, but don't say it aggressively or he will. I will be very mad. (laughs) I will be (laughs) cross. Bye. Even though you're at my house. Believe in yourself. Believe in your body. Rock, rock, rock. It's the self-esteem part.